We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day... When he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. You are listening to Rotoviz Radio, a fantasy football podcast, with your host, Matthew Friedman. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Rotoviz Radio NFL Draft Series, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm filling in for Matt on another edition of the show. For the series, he has been covering all 32 teams with 32 beat reporters, breaking down the draft needs for all the teams around the league. And this, of course, is Draft Week. We're heading to the draft, recording this one on Monday, the 23rd of April. The draft, of course, starting this Thursday. So we're pretty much up to the 32 teams by the time you're listening to this all 32 have probably been posted so do check them out i did post off the rotoviz radio twitter feed earlier today with the master list with all the episodes on one page up there on rotoviz.com so check that out get yourself ready for the draft and even if the draft is over lots of great content as we look ahead to the 2017 season and of course give our thoughts on what the teams might do you'll be able to know what we got right what we got wrong and uh, learn some great information along the way on today's show i'm going to be talking about the kansas city chiefs my guest on the show is going to be ryan tracy of the locked on 
Network, where he covers the Chiefs and the Locked On Chiefs podcast over there. Does a lot of great work. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL. But before we get Ryan on the show, I just want to let the listeners know, of course, that with Rotoviz, and I mentioned the master list up there on rotoviz.com, so much great draft content, so much good off season content as we head towards the season. It's going to just keep ramping up and ramping up. Great value over there with the NFL Pass, but as a listener to the podcast, you can get the Rotoviz NFL Pass for an exclusive 30% off discount, which is available through the NFL Podcast homepage. That is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. That subscription gives you unlimited access to all our NFL content and tools. And of course, it also helps support the pod. I mentioned the content, so much good content up there all year long. It really never stops at Rotoviz, but the tools are something that really sets us apart. Uh, so much good tools up there to use, and they're always improving, always getting them better with the great team behind the scenes. So make sure you check that out. And of course, get yourself that 30% discount for the NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So with that said, let's get on the guest. So please welcome to the show now, Ryan Tracy. You can follow all the work that he's doing over there on Locked on Chiefs. And I'm looking forward to the Kansas City Chiefs I mentioned to him prior to just starting recording here. They're quite an exciting team to talk about, obviously making the playoffs last year, but big changes that we're going to be talking about in a moment at the quarterback position. They've taken on Sammy Watkins at the wide receiver position. So lots of things to talk about. Uh, But first off, uh, Ryan, thanks for jumping on the show. How's things? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem. Uh, you know, Chiefs here. So the draft picks, no first round pick. Obviously, last year they kind of their first round pick this year. We can say is kind of Patrick Mahomes. They did trade up last year to get him, trading with the Buffalo Bills, moving all the way up to number ten to get him. So I guess we can call him that the first round pick last year and this year. And hopefully, as we talk about him in a moment, he will be uh, delivering on that in twenty eighteen round two. Then pick twenty two round three. Pick 14, 22 then, the majority of the way through round 4, 24, round 6 again, 22, and then two picks in round 7, 15 and 25. So we're looking at it, they, you know, outside of the first round, they have uh, plenty of draft capital there, two first round picks, or two third round picks, two seventh round picks, two fourth round picks, no fifth round or first round, so uh, quite a lot of capital there. But when we look at it, I guess we have to start off with the, you know, the decision, they obviously traded away Alex Smith, which was something we thought might happen, and like it was going to be either this year or next year, and then the situation then that they took in Kendall Fuller and the, and the same deal. So this clears the way for Patrick Mahomes to be the signal caller this coming season. I guess first, um, before we get to Mahomes himself, uh, was it uh, the right decision to move on from Smith at this moment in time? You know, they really didn't have much of a choice. Uh, I was never one that ran down Alex Smith. I think he's a competent quarterback, and I think you can win with him. Uh, He just requires a a bit more than the gunslinger type. Um, But his contract was the big problem. Uh, When you see what they've had to do in bringing in another deep threat, in trying to bolster the defense, they needed money to spend. And the difference between Alex Smith's contract and Patrick Mahomes is so stark that they just uh, they just couldn't get away from making that move. Yeah, those rookie contracts, even if they're in the you know a first round pick, we've seen really since the days of Sam Bradford, and uh, you know if we we look at a couple other quarterbacks and that kind of range, Matthew Stafford as well, who got those real big contracts before the rookie weight scale. That that weight scale has really helped these teams be able to build the teams around those young quarterbacks. And we've seen it, you know, with the Rams, we've seen it with the Eagles. And it's interesting as well with Alex Smith, you know. I, I previewed uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They obviously got Kirk Cousins and then Alex Smith has moved into that place. But the, the Washington Redskins 
didn't give uh, Alex Smith all that much less than uh, what maybe they could have got Cousins for last year or the year before prior to franchise tagging him. So that was interesting to see how it works out for them. But let's move on now to Patrick Mahomes, obviously coming in as a you know it'll be a set first year start and coming in in a sophomore season. How do you expect uh, you know things to roll for Mahomes? We seen him in Week 17 last year and I was quite impressed, even though it was a meaningless game. How do you think the offense kind of might shift with Andy Reid? Do you think we'll see a more pass heavy offense uh, this season? You know, I wouldn't call it pass heavy uh, because Andy calls such a, a pass first offense as it is. Uh, in 2017, only ran the ball 38% of the play calls. Um, so on the whole, they're already heavily slanted towards the pass. I think what you're going to see is, is the nature of the passing game change. Uh, I don't think you're going to see as much screen action, at least uh, the classic tunnel screen where they're behind the line of scrimmage. I think you're going to see more of what we've seen a little bit in the past where if they throw some screens, they're going to be downfield screens. Um, they're going to use that triple tight end package a little bit. They're going to use some, uh, I think, double-stacked wide receivers on both sides so they can get a little bit of that down the field where receptions are being made for positive yardage and you get the yards after catch, not just the, hey, let's try to throw them off and, and beat the pass rush out to the side. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, uh, you know, I always think Andy Reid is uh, one of the top five coaches over the last, say, six or seven years, in my opinion, in the NFL. But the one place that does let him down can be that there, you know, end of the first half, end of the second half, the two-minute offense. But they have, uh, overall, if you look at what he's done since he went to the Chiefs after being at the Eagles, he has been extremely consistent in terms of wins and what he's been able to do there. But when we balance it on to Mahomes, do you think he'll be able to do everything, really, that's going to be asked of him in this offense? You know, from what you've heard, what you've seen around the team, uh, how impressed have you been with him just uh, as he's tried to develop and that first year and head in to this year to become the full-fledged starter and the obviously the, the man in the middle of this team well when i look back at, at the progression so far and i always relate it to they spent last year's first round draft pick on his head and they've been filling it with information and now they're finally getting around to paying for his arm i think so what you've seen is the progression of Pat Mahomes getting that last game meaningless as it was in 2017, but to be on the field, running the offense, making the calls. This is a complex, verbose offense that takes a lot of study time. And I think really I could not have drawn up a better scenario for Patrick Mahomes than to sit all season long behind a competent quarterback and get to the point where he can watch, study, and learn, and then be able to apply it just once with no pressure on him. And now he's had the whole offseason. And what we've seen and heard about him this offseason is that he has, um, with due respect to Alex Smith, stayed back until that trade was announced and has stepped forward since then in scheduling things with his pass catchers, in, in working just on running routes, throwing passes to guys that are going to have to catch the ball for him. Uh, he's shown some leadership in a way that uh, a player in his second season who's who's put in four quarters is not typically going to be able to do. And I think that's a very good sign for the future. Yeah, and I always like when a team does have that chance to develop. I think a lot more teams need to do what they did. And of course, with the team, if you don't have a coach like Andy Reid, who's confident that he's going to be there for that second year, you have to get that quarterback in in the draft and then play him straight away. But to have him sit behind Smith to learn, you know, to be able to grow and develop is something that I think will stand them in very good stead. And I'm excited to see what he does this season. A player that he's going to be able to throw the ball to this season is Sammy Watkins. Obviously, a huge free agent signing. The contract has been picked apart from certain areas. Some people think it's a good one. Some people think it's not. It's obviously a lot, a lot of money. And of course, if Sammy Watkins can stay healthy, he may be able to live up to that contract. But how do you see him fitting into this offense? You know, you have the ability now with him and Tyreek Hill 
to, to, to go deeper to even both of them you know can you mentioned the screen game get the ball short and take it long after the catch but uh, he is obviously there's no doubt about his talent and his ability it's just can he put it all together on a consistent basis and stay healthy but how do you see him fitting into this offense I think he's a very, very nice compliment. I don't expect it to be one of those things where, uh, you know, people are saying you're paying him the money. He should be a number one receiver. He should be the first look on every pass play. That's not the way this offense works. He is going to be an option on about half of them. But because he and Tariq have, Tyreek have so much speed to get behind the defense, you're forcing some defensive changes. You're likely to see a lot more cover to this coming season. And that's going to change what they're able to do. But the thing that I think is really underrated about what Sammy Watkins does is something that's been missing in Kansas City for quite a while is when you do get that cover two shell and you have space underneath, Sammy Watkins is very adept at taking the slant and making yardage and scores out of it. That's part of the game that's been missing, partly because of the call, but also because of Alex Smith. And you have the power of the arm from Mahomes with a guy who has naturally got a big body and good initial burst to make that slant work over and over. I think that's going to become a big part of this offense. Yeah, and we'll be talking a little bit more about Sammy Watkins, about Tyreek Hill, and of course Travis Kelsey in a little moment. But moving on then to the the, or the running back core, you know, they've signed Damian Williams, they've signed Kenron Williams, they seem to have gone all in on the Williams this offseason. But <laughs> they also have Kareem Hunt who started the season very, very sharp last year and then tailed down a little bit in the middle and picked up again at the end they have Tricandrick West who played last season and Spencer Ware who looked to be the the lead back heading into the season of course had that knee injury and missed out so with the you know with those signings and with Ware hopefully coming back from injury how do you see it shaking down do you think Hunt goes into this and still is the lead dog as we move into the season and then if that is the case what do we see with Spencer Ware and Tricandrick West is one of those potentially becoming expendable at this time? You know, I, I do think that Kareem Hunt is going to be the number one, especially when we, we recently found out in the last few days that Spencer Ware is not able to practice at this point, despite having had quite a long recovery. Uh, he's still not able to go, and I think that's why you saw such the, the flux of signings, so that they have options there. And I think what they've done in the past is rely on running backs that know the system. Uh, obviously, with the rookie stepping up, that's great. He and Spencer Ware are a nice one-two punch if they're both healthy. But if not... I think what they've tried to do is bring in a lot more talent to have depth down. And and I do believe that they're looking at keeping four running backs on this roster. And they're going to try to cycle through them and go with the hot hand, so to speak, uh, but have plenty of depth there should someone get hurt. So they're not in the situation they were last season uh, relying on a rookie. And I think that's good overall, but I think it's also good for each of the players in that, you know, fantasy players will hate it, but the players themselves, they'll find their careers elongated by it. They'll be not so much wear and tear. They'll be healthier come the end stretch of the season and for the playoffs. And I think that's really important for this squad. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you look at it from a perspective of an NFL team, I know people talk about, we'll be talking about fantasy football in a minute, but when you look at it from that angle, where you just want one or two running backs in there. But when you look at it from an NFL team, you want to have as many in there as you can. We've seen the Patriots do it last year. We've seen the Eagles try and do it as well you need to have those bodies and they're at such a position where injuries do happen on such a regular basis so it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes of course Spencer Ware as well coming back off that ACL and PCL injury when you look at you know we've seen Jordy Nelson a couple of years ago get injured in the preseason and then of course took him a little bit of time to find his feet uh, again before he had some production in Green Bay before moving on to Oakland now but when you look at it with injuries people just kind of think you know oh yeah he injured himself in preseason he's going to be okay as if it's a, a computer game it really sometimes these players never fully recover 
we'll see if Spencer Ware can get out there for OTAs. But somebody who I really like and his talent is Spencer Ware. But I think as it stands at the moment, smart decision by the Chiefs to have those extra bodies around and see what happens there. Uh, with that then, I guess we can already answer this question, but I wanted to kind of see if you thought that maybe Hunt or Ware, depending on how things were going, could be moved in the draft with such a deep running back class that they might try and get one of those big big running backs. Uh, I guess that at this point in time, Ware can't really be traded because of injuries, and then Hunt is uh, the guy they need to rely on in case Ware cannot get healthy for the season. Right, yeah, I don't see either of them going anywhere. If If there's any kind of extended recovery period for Spencer Ware, you may see him become available. I don't think because of the injury he has any draft value at the moment. Um, but he, if he's unable, if he stays on the pup uh, up until the deadline, uh, you may see them part ways with him eventually if they just can't get him on the field. And unfortunately, I, I don't see another team really taking a risk on him at that point. Yeah, I feel the, I feel the same way. It's just something I've seen floated around over the last couple of days that I would slot it in there. Um, when you look then, They've obviously received Kendall Fuller and the Alex Smith trade. The defense is still a weakness for the team. A team who maybe three, four years ago, the defense was a real key strength for them. So the weakness there at this moment in time. When you look, they also brought in David Amerson in a one-year deal. How do you think Amerson fits into the defense? And what do you think with Kendall Fuller coming in there? Where Do you think we can see this defense start to improve in 2018? I think it can. I think what you've lost in Marcus Pierce in so much strength and ball skills on one side but left the other side direct of talent to stop anything. I think what you've seen is an evening of that scenario, and it may end up being better with less talent on both ends, but a more even picks. So you can't just attack one area of the field, and I think that's important. Uh, I think Kendall Fuller is coming into his own. Obviously, a big injury coming out of college, and he's had uh, to develop in the league under fire, and I think that's important for who he is and who he's becoming, and he – is someone they're taking a, a, a challenge on. Uh, played very well in the slot in Washington throughout his career. Has played outside in college, but not in the NFL. Um, so they are projecting that jump. I personally think that he's perfectly capable of it because of what I scouted him in college, and I'm comfortable with him. Hammerson, on the other side, is a different story. I think he is best when played in a zone-type defense where he can keep his eyes forward, play downhill when he's able, uh, and doesn't have to play with his back to the ball that much. What they're asking him to do is play 90% press man, and they're they're getting back to kind of the old-school Chiefs, uh, more aggressive, more man, more stunts, look to see them provide more pressure, You know, even hearkening back to the days in the, in the 90s when that was the, the cornerstone of the defense. And I think that may be problematic for Emerson. He may end up finding himself, especially if uh, a higher-end draft pick is spent on a cornerback, he might find himself playing only in substitution packages. Uh, and I think that may be where he's best. Or honestly, if they can't find a true safety, if he cannot play press to the, to the mount that he needs to, I think you could put him back there because in space he's, he's a very adept and has some ball skills. And uh, it's obviously you mentioned Peters there. Going into this draft, they're going to look to address some of the positions at the back end of the defense, like uh, I've already mentioned. But what are some of the areas and key areas you think the biggest needs for the Chiefs heading into the draft this week? For me, it's primarily defense. Uh, yeah. They need an outside man corner, a guy that can stand on an island. Uh, and like I said, you can then move Emerson where you need. Uh, Nelson's a competent guy in at the slot. So I think you're comfortable there. If you can't find a safety as well in the top 100 picks, which I think is doable, uh, I think that should be a priority. 
But if you cannot, then you can look at some of the young guys you have um, that can move to safety as well as Amerson. I still think that's an intriguing prospect. Um, But the other big thing is we're still not certain about D Ford's back situation. Uh, Evidently had uh, an injury in his back to the point where he was losing feeling in his lower extremities. And that's part of why he was unable to play productively in 2017. And he's still not able to practice at this point. So again, it's another situation where on paper you look like you have your solution, but in reality you can't bank on it. So I think another high priority position is going to be the outside pass rusher, a stand-up outside linebacker type, not uh, not the Bradley Chubb type that's going to have his hand in the dirt every down. And uh, when we look at it as well with you know those key areas, we kind of we're going to touch on it more with the offense. We kind of talked about the, about the offense, but when you look at the players they have there at the wide receiver position, they obviously set a tight end with Travis Kelsey. They don't need to worry about quarterback this year. The running back seem to have filled out quite well. So we are really looking at the Chiefs going defense in the draft. You know, is there any players? Um, you know, no first round picks, so we have to kind of unless they trade up. We're looking at day two, day three. But is there any players day two, day three that you think that uh, you know the Chiefs would fit well with? players that have been coming in maybe they've been taking a look at them one guy that i really like in terms of his fit and it's because he's a he's a little bit uh undersized just under six foot two uh people have been deriding him for his size but he, he plays the outside backer position uh both forward and backward he can play in coverage he's great there he's a guy that has been relied upon in his college team to be productive and i think that after some adjustment i think uh Okoronkwo is going to be a player that can play outside linebacker in this league. I hope it's for the Chiefs because the fit is very natural. Um, So he's one guy, probably around 86 rather than the top third-round pick. uh, They'll be looking towards him uh, unless they get somebody who drops and they really like them uh, up in the second round, in which case they may go pass rusher earlier than that pick. And it's obviously very hard to tell, but when we get into that, you know, day three, get into the later rounds, and I mentioned already, you know, in round four, they have two picks, round three, two picks, round seven, two picks, round six, they have the one pick. So in that range, there's going to be primarily the players are going to go. Do you think this is a team where they go, they keep those picks, they try and fill up the roster, take maybe two cornerbacks, two defensive linemen, try and fill up those positions and see how they work out? Or do you think we see them package some of those up and uh, try and make some moves on draft day? You know, I think what you're looking for, this team is deep on the offensive side. I don't think there's many positions up for grab there, uh, but there's definitely room for depth on the defensive side. So I think you're going to see the bulk of them still be taken by the Chiefs. But uh, I think, especially those top five to six picks, the second through fourth rounders, I think there's going to be some combination there that gets them to move up for a player that they want at one of those positions of need, Um, the corner, the safety the outside pass rusher. There's even a possibility that uh, if you're willing to give up those fourths to try and get back into the bottom end of the third round, you could be looking at offensive guard as well, which is one of the few spots on the offensive side that really could use some help. Yeah, and it's interesting with this draft class. You know, you always hear about the draft class is weak at certain areas, but there's a lot of areas in this draft that there is strengths that people like certain players. You know, they might have a five, a, def- a list of five who they think could be really good. And of course, then when you're starting to get into that third round, some of those guys might fall down. So the Chiefs might grab themselves a bargain there, might try and, as you mentioned, move up and uh, see what they can get. So it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited for this week's draft. So we've already talked about the team this year and the the expectations, what they might do in the draft. When we look then, kind of looking at some projections, some thoughts for uh, 2018, I guess I'll let you go first, though. Is there anything that we haven't touched on you think is a key thing for the Chiefs heading into this draft? You know, the one thing that I'm very interested to see is the balance 
uh, like we started talking about how past heavy it's been. Um, the one caveat I put in that is that Eric Bieniemy is now the offensive coordinator, which even though he won't be making the, the offensive play calls because that's something that uh, Andy Reid makes his coordinators grow into, he will have a, a much bigger voice in Andy Reid's ear. And I think that may also be playing into why there's so many backs coming into camp and maybe they try to take that percentage down some. Uh, if they can run the ball up around 45% and take some of that pressure off of Pat Mahomes, I think that's something that you may see down the line that is going to pay off for this team. Yeah, and I, I think when we look at, you know, I'm going to run through some kind of fantasy scenarios now that I'm going to have heading into the season that are my expectations, and maybe you'll agree with them, maybe you won't agree with them, but we'll we'll run through them, and I, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are. When we look at the, the Kansas City Chiefs and what uh, Andy Reid has told reporters this week in terms of the offense, he's talking about that it's going to change to fit the talent of Patrick Mahomes, which you would fully expect. I don't think there was any surprises there, but we mentioned the Week 17 game last year. He ran uh, the spread formation. He ran 26 of 45 snaps against Denver in the spread so you know Reed was the play caller that day I think it was pretty much a dress rehearsal as we've already touched on for this season he did have 35 pass attempts in that game and he played just over three quarters so we've already touched on the fact they're going to pass we'll see what the balance turns out to be in this season but when we look at you know Mahomes and what we're expecting for him I think if we're looking at this season my expectations for him are to have around that 600 pass attempts and then uh, completing Quite, quite a high percentage off them in the season and just over 4,000 yards on the year 21 touchdowns and around the 20 mark and then uh, you know 14 or so interceptions on the year I think he's going to have a, a really really nice year I think something that we'll see from him too is a little bit of rushing you know I think he'll have probably uh, in around 75 rush attempts on the season is that something that you're expecting to see from him this year some of those rushing attempts and would you go along with those kind of you know markers of 4,000 yards to 21 touchdowns is that something you can expect to see from him this year I like where you're at on the touchdowns and interceptions. A lot of folks have been so spoiled with Alex Smith throwing nearly no interceptions in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know they're not really playing up the fact that this is this is going to be a first year starter. And so I think you're you're right in the right range. I'd probably give him a few more touchdowns because I think um, his ad lib ability really plays into scoring with the pass. Um, so I was going to say probably 25 and 15 was was my projections. Um, I don't know that I I agree with you on the uh, run attempts. I think what he is best at is buying himself time with his mobility. I don't know that you're going to see him try to turn down field quite as much. I, I was going to put somewhere between 40 and 50, uh, but maybe you're right. It depends on the health of that offensive line. Um, I, I don't expect him trying to do without what Alex Smith was capable of in in making large chunk plays 30, 40 yards down the field because I, I don't think he has, A, the mobility there, and I think um, the safety net behind him is not as good for the team. So he's going to be restricted in, in terms of taking chances. He's going to be coached to protect himself more than Alex Smith did with his veteran experience. So I expect that. Yeah, I guess that's pretty fair if you're lucky to know the backup now compared to having Mahomes there ready to come in if Alex Smith got injured and, you know, protecting him. So we might see some protection there. But I just think that, uh, you know, we've seen it from a lot of the younger quarterbacks coming in. It's something that's been done in college. And we've seen even with, you know, Carson Wentz and, uh, you know, Jared Goff trying to get those scrambles in when the opportunity does arise. So it's going to be interesting to see. But it's uh, something that I think will will slot in a little bit more than maybe people are expecting uh, into his game. When we look then at uh, Sammy Watkins obviously coming over in free agency, you know, people are talking about his targets, his workload. We've talked about the contract. I think it's going to be pretty hard for him this year to hit that hundred 
uh, target mark because I think you know you're looking at Kelsey I think being the number one target in this offense then you're going to have Hill and then you're going to have him so when we look at the situation with him being kind of the third choice there he would need uh, 6.3 targets per game to hit the century mark that's him playing 16 games something that he hasn't done over the last couple of seasons really since he came into the NFL so where are you kind of having Watkins in terms of this season heading in turning age 25 for uh, his targets for his projections for the year you know, I, I would have him a little bit below that as well. I'm thinking more in the 80 range, probably the low 80s. Uh, again, like you said, because there's so much balance. But it, it is going to specifically play into how teams choose to try to defend this team. I agree with you. Travis Kelsey should be the primary uh, pass catcher for Pat Mahomes. But there are ways to take him away. And when you do, I think teams are pr- more likely scared of Tyreek Hill than they are of Watkins, which means if you're only going to leave one safety high, he's going to be cheated or at least pay more attention to Hill, which I think in the long term, uh, maybe not initially in the first quarter of the season, but later as it goes down, I think you're going to see Watkins have more opportunities to get loose. Uh, And I think so you're going to see a slow start, and I think he will ramp up as the season progresses. Yeah, and it's interesting too with the situation, you know, with with Watkins getting the money and Hill then obviously hasn't been talked about as much this offseason. This time last year, just the, the hype was building around him. I think we can see him have a, a nice season, but the, the balance is going to be for him that he has Watkins across from him. And there's going to be somebody else to be looking at in the defense, like you mentioned. It's going to be stretched. It's either going to have to take Kelsey Hill or it's going to have to take Watkins. It's going to be very hard for them to be consistently able to cover all three of them. So it's going to be fascinating that way. How do you see Hill's season going this year? Do you think you know we'll see him step forward from what he did last year? I think people had higher expectations of him, although I think he did deliver. It was kind of more a, a boom-bust kind of scenario for him. And it was interesting to see his home road splits last year and how he performed away from home so well. And then when they played... Uh, at home, he had, he had some issues there. So, what do you, what do you think for twenty eighteen in terms of what we'll see from Hill? I think he will be a bit more consistent, especially like you said, home versus away. Um, but I think he's going to get so much attention, especially after leading the league in deep receptions and yardage. I, they're just going to have to change the way they approach him. I think a lot of teams, after seeing a year of him on film doing what he does, I think a lot of teams are, are very, very wary of him. I think that makes it hard for him to produce, but he is good over the middle. He is good on crossing patterns. So you're going to see him do that some more. And I'm very interested to see when Chris Conley comes back healthy, a guy that can play the Z and the X and the slot and can be moved around, that's going to allow them to get change-ups, to get matchups they like for Hill. Uh, and I think as the season goes on, you're going to see him more out of the slot, I think. And that's going to be something he's going to make his hate down the middle of the field. And again, I, I expect them to build as the season goes on. And uh, you mentioned there Chris Conley, a name that I haven't heard mentioned all that much over the last, kind of I don't know, 12 months. He was a player coming out when he was drafted, just the off-the-chart measurables. Uh, have you still got hopes that things can turn out good for him there in Kansas City? I do. I, I'm one of the last of the Mohicans when it comes to Chris <laughs> Conley. Uh, I am squarely in his corner. Uh, I, I like both the athlete that he is, the maturity that he has, the leadership skills. Uh, the only question is, uh, an Achilles tear is a significant injury. Uh, and if he comes back at, at 95% of where he was, I think he can make a very, very big impact on this game. Uh, because I think a lot of what held him back was uh, Alex Smith's uh, cautiousness in terms of open windows that he throws into uh, and and being able to to 
use that gun to pull the trigger. And I think you'll see uh, a different game from Conley with Mahomes. Uh, but if he has any setbacks in his his rehab, if he comes back at 80 percent, well, that's a much different story. So I think until we see training camp, see him move around, the, the jury will still be out. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, it's interesting this one because if we were doing this show, I think probably if you come back, we'll be doing a, a preview series in August. And if we're talking about this team on offense, it's, I think it's going to be very much the exact same as this. We might know a little bit more about where, but I think from the skill position players we're going to be talking about, it'll be pretty much the same guy. So I'm going to put you on the spot and we look at Tyreek Hill and we look at Sammy Watkins. Kind of consensus at the moment has the rankings. We have uh, Tyreek Hill at number 11. We have Sammy Watkins then a little bit further down here at 28. So there's quite a, a gap between the two of them in terms of who you think at those values heading into the season and for their expectations I don't think there's gonna be a huge difference at the end of the season based on what both players will have in terms of yards and touchdowns what what's your expectation would you be looking at Sammy there overhill based on what the expected value is going to be come draft season I think when you look at how he played with Jared Goff and knowing that Patrick Mahomes has a better arm uh, and a more accurate arm I expect him to take a step forward, but I do see them pretty evenly split. I think in the end, you see Hill with more touchdowns, but possibly Watkins with more yardage. Yeah, it's gonna, it's just, it's gonna be an exciting time. So we, we all know then about the the main man at the the tight end position outside of Gronkowski. I think he's really proven himself over the last couple of seasons to be that uh, number two and a, at times number one tight end in the entire NFL. That is Travis Kelsey, uh, extremely consistent over the last two years. At least eighty receptions, at least a thousand yards in each season. And uh, you know, last year became uh, a real factor in the red zone, something we hadn't seen as much prior, and we were kind of expecting to see from him. He had twenty red zone targets. That was top ten in the NFL and scored seven of his eight touchdowns inside the 20-yard line. So Travis Kelsey, more of the same in 2018, I'm guessing here. I think he he's even going to take a, a bit of a bump. Yeah, we, um, we know we know those uh, young quarterbacks love. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a cliche, but they they love to look for those uh, completions across the middle, the shorter completions. So Travis could be in for a little bump there too. Yeah, I completely agree, and that's that's the nature of being a young quarterback, and that will change over time. But the other thing that I'm looking forward to is, is I think the team has gotten to the point where uh, Demetrius Harris has been given his chance, and I think uh, from some of the conversations that we've heard over the offseason, they're looking to get uh, an upgrade at the number two tight end. And I think there's there's two things that can come from that. A, I think Reed can get more creative with the multiple tight end sets that he likes to run. Uh, that is always good for Travis Kelsey. But I think even more so, what I want to see is uh, hopefully a player select the better inline blocker that they can leave attached to the line. And what that will do is not only allow them to run the ball a bit better, but it will also keep more linebackers on the field. And if you have Travis Kelsey split out with another tight end, keeping more linebackers in with less safeties out there, that makes matchups for Travis Kelsey that much better. And I think that's where he can really excel when he's detached from the line out on his own with either a small corner or a safety that can't keep up with him. Yeah, and uh, I just Travis Kelsey the last couple of seasons has just got better and better and uh, love watching him play. Of course, had that concussion in the playoffs, so he'll be back and uh, looking to get ready and, and going for the 2018 season. The last one we're going to head on here is uh, the running back position. Obviously, I mentioned Kareem Hunt last year, 1,327 yards, uh, first campaign in the NFL and led the league in rushing. It was kind of a strange season. Started off, obviously, against the Patriots on Thursday Night Football. Really big game, and he had 100 yards in four of his first five games, then didn't break 90 rushing yards until week 13 so it was a strange season the middle of the season the usage you know we talked about the pass uh, run splits with the you know with the situation we had offensive coordinator Matt Nagy there he's now with the Chicago Bears so 
It was a, a really strange middle of the season. Do you think, um, you know, with just let's say he's the lead dog this year, what are you, your ex- expectations in terms of his usage? Do you think we'll see it be more consistent throughout the year? I think it will. Uh, I think, again, with Biennemi in Andy Reid's ear, that's going to be something that uh, is not more complimentary as it's been in your pad. I think it's going to be a bit more of a staple. I do expect it to be more consistent. I expect it to be to the point where he's not forgotten at times. And then that's the key for a young back is to keep feeding him, if it's not a, a gross amount of carries, but a, a nice steady amount of carries. Yeah, well, it was very bizarre in that middle stage of the season, you know, when the Chiefs really went on a, a downward kind of trajectory in terms of uh, performances, in terms of wins and losses, uh, to keep going the way they did. And then, you know, obviously started using them again in week 13, things started to pick up for them again. So I, I think, you know, learning from those mistakes, uh, I think we'll see that improve this year, even if it is, you know, if it is where, if it is just a, a, a kind of committee of running backs, I think we'll see them try and balance that a little bit better and not move away from it. Spencer Ware, then I already mentioned the injuries. It looked like he was going to be the starter last year year toward his ACL and PCL in preseason. Um, you know, you mentioned the situation that he isn't uh, back training yet, and obviously that's not really looking all that positive as we head into the season, could start the season even on the PUP. Uh, so when you look at it, I think it's a case of, you know, that is the running back combination if both are healthy in the season. I think we'll see him, you know, probably a, a two-thirds to one-third split of that is the case. Is that something that you're kind of looking at? Another interesting thing to note from last season, and I know change of offensive coordinator, but uh, the Chiefs running two running back sets. They ran it 135 times in 2017. So there is that opportunity to have both of them on the field. But do you think that, you know, if Ware is healthy, a, a two-thirds in terms of Hunt getting the carries and then Ware on the other third, does that seem like a, a fair split there? It's probably close. I think if, if Ware's all the way back, I think, honestly, it might be a little bit more 60-40 range. Uh, not a drastic change, but uh, in order to keep Hunt healthy, because I think when you get to the, the playoffs – I think that you want to have your prime back have the punch in his legs left. So that's what I would look for. If you're looking at the split and we're talking about the situation, I think with Ware coming back, if he is, they might kind of try and nurse him into the season a little bit, not rush it back just in case they're not 100%. And then if you look at over the entire season, I think that split might work out. But I do agree with you to say too. I'm a huge fan of Spencer Ware and what he has been able to do with his opportunities so far. So I was really disappointed to see that injury last year. Let's see what he does this year. Is there anything before we wrap up, uh, Ryan, that you want to add in in terms of, you know, maybe a sneaky under the radar fantasy uh, person to maybe stash in those dynasty rosters if you think there's an opportunity? (laughs) (laughs) We're always, us dynasty degenerates are always looking for something to latch on to. Right. And, and, you know, and I play, uh, I play IDP fantasy as well. So (laughs) I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, And and in terms for that, I I think Reggie Ragland's going to be a nice pickup for people that play IDP. Um, And when you, you know, like we talked about so many skill position players, I think the guy that really stands to, to be the best option in terms of putting up fantasy points is going to be Kelsey. And I I don't see many they're going to take away from him on that. Yeah, I feel feel the same way there. So it's uh, it's been awesome having you on, Ryan, talking through uh, the Chiefs, talking through the prospects. And obviously, I mentioned at the start of the show, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at RyanTracyNFL and look for his work with Locked on Chiefs. Ryan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Lots of good content coming in. Ryan really delivered and I really enjoyed going through all the stuff with the Chiefs I mentioned. I think they're going to be a really exciting team to watch in 2018. A lot of fantasy points and a lot of goodness going to come that way. So with all that done, with all that said, with the Chiefs fully previewed, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My guest on today's show I mentioned was Ryan Tracy, who you can follow at Ryan Tracy 
NFL. Until we're back with another show, I really hope you've enjoyed this series and uh, we'll have a lot more great content coming up on Rotoviz Radio over the coming weeks, the coming months as we head towards the NFL season. So with all that said, enjoy the draft. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Rotoviz Radio, the flagship Rotoviz podcast. Special thanks to Hassan Rahim, the producer for this episode, and to Colm Kelly, the assistant executive producer for the podcast channel. Please review the show on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Make summer memories in Hampton. Visit the Virginia Air and Space Science Center. Discover 400 years of history at Fort Monroe and explore our wide open beaches. Purchase your Sea to Stars ticket and plan your trip today at visithampton.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.